Hello, this is Kurt with the Midweek Message for October 13th. If a friend of yours asked you to describe the Son of God, where would you start? How would you describe him? Maybe you'd start with him being born in Bethlehem 2,000 years ago. Or maybe, maybe you'd focus on why God sent him here or even what he's meant to you. Those, those things are real and they fall short of the true majesty of Jesus. In order to get that, I thought I'd bring in a guest from the year 60, 80 or so. That'd be 1,960 years ago, give or take. The Apostle Paul gives us this description of the Son of God. The Son is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn over all creation. For in him all things were created, things in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or powers or rulers or authorities, all things have been created through him and for him. He is before all things, and in him all things hold together. And he's the head of the body, the church. He is the beginning and the firstborn from among the dead, so that in everything God might, he might have the supremacy, for God was pleased to have all his fullness dwell in him, and through him to reconcile to himself all things, whether things on heaven or things on earth, by making peace through his blood shed on the cross. That's Colossians 1, 15 through 20. Before we go further, let's be honest. There's a lot of meat on the bone in this passage. Phrases such as image of the invisible God, firstborn over all creation, head of the church, they, they went right over my head the first time I read this passage. One day it just clicked for me though, and I read this and just felt amazement at the intricacy and really the audacity of God's plan. It may take a while, but I believe reading this will reward you with an understanding of the true power and majesty of our Lord Jesus. In verse 15, Paul wrote, The Son is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn over all creation. So Jesus is the image of God. And I can remember once my grandfather said I was a spitting image of my dad or maybe it was my uncle. I don't think that term would be quite right here, but... But, but it should be clear that Jesus had all the characteristics of the Father. Why did God decide that we needed his image in a man here on earth? I don't know exactly, but I think he did this because he understood that we struggle to imagine the spiritual realm because it's unseen. So he gave us his son, a tangible, living, breathing man who walked the earth for 33 years. Yet not just any man, a perfect man. Paul also wrote that Jesus was the firstborn over all creation. How could he be the firstborn over all creation when he was born in Bethlehem 2,000 years ago? Jesus existed from the beginning of time as a spiritual being long before God commanded him to be incarnated, that is, to live on earth. He existed long before that. Now, most of us think of Jesus as a baby born in Bethlehem, or we think of him healing the sick, teaching, preaching, near the Sea of Galilee. We see him on the cross at Calvary. All of these examples are true of Jesus' life on earth. Yet the line above tells us he had an amazing existence before ever coming to our planet, for he was the firstborn. In verse 16, Paul writes, For in him all things were created, things in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or powers or rulers or authorities, all things have been created through him and for him. Paul tells us that all things great and small have been created by God, all these things from the 
The depths of the ocean to the stars above were created through Jesus and for him. God granted Jesus supremacy over all things, all kings, rulers, leaders. Ultimately, everyone comes under his authority. He holds the power of life or death, eternal life or death, in his hands. And Paul goes on to tell us a bit more about Jesus. He is before all things, and in him, all things hold together. Jesus came first. That is, he came before all except the Father. In fact, Jesus was there at the creation, and he's seen everything. In fact, he saw the evil angel Satan fall from heaven after he tried to usurp God's power and authority. Jesus saw the earth being formed. He witnessed God creating Adam out of the, out of the dust on the ground. He's seen it all. So nothing is outside of his direct experience. When we call on Jesus, we don't have to explain things to him. We, he knows it all. He knows me, and he knows you. Paul goes on. And he is the head of the body, the church. He is the beginning and the firstborn from among the dead, so that in everything he might have the supremacy. Now, the church referred to in this verse is not a building or even, even a congregation. Instead, it's the body of believers in Jesus Christ over the past 2,000 years. The Christian church began on the day of Pentecost after his death, resurrection, and ascension to heaven. And on that day, his followers received the Spirit of God, that is, the Holy Spirit. In that moment, in the twinkling of an eye, they changed. The Spirit renewed and transformed their minds. And because of the faith and devotion of the believers, you know, so that hold them all together so that the Holy Spirit could come to them because they were seeking it so much. And because of that, 3,000 new believers were added to the church. What an amazing day to see people from many different countries turning to our Lord. And as a Christian, you're a member of this same body of believers. So those people who turned to the Lord in Jerusalem 2,000 years ago are your Christian brothers and sisters, and you are theirs. We have a family of believers that extends back in time and forward. We're part of a great cloud of witnesses who've lived and loved our Lord, as do we. Christ is all is alive, and he's leading the entire church today, just as he did way back in Jerusalem. He's the head of the church all over the world, Russia, Greece, Argentina, China, of all churches from one end of the earth to the other, even unto Puna and Ka'u. Now, how can he have all the power to lead all believers everywhere? For God was pleased to have all his fullness dwell in him. God imbued Jesus with everything, all his fullness, all his power, all his being reside in our Lord. Why would he do this? Because, I believe, it's because he's holy. He cannot abide sin, so he needed an emissary, a mediator, to help reconcile us to him. And as humans, we've all sinned, all fallen short of the glory of God, and we were therefore cut off from him. To bridge this barrier of sin, God asked his son to pay the price, to suffer and die that we might live and be restored to communion with God. Salvation comes to us at no cost because Christ paid it all. He died that we might live. Now, why was it necessary for God to send him here to die? Because through him, God chose to reconcile to himself all things, whether things on earth or things in heaven, by making peace through his blood shed on the cross. 
So out of obedience to his father, Jesus came to earth in order that he might die and pay the price for human sin for all time. God granted supremacy over everything to Jesus so that Christ would have the authority and the power to be God's emissary to us, his, his shepherd to lead us from darkness to light. And when we call on Jesus, we don't have to explain things to him because he lived on this earth for 33 years and he watched the human race be created and then fall into sin. Now, Jesus sits at the right hand of the Father today. He intercedes for us and works diligently to carry out God's plan for mankind. And by introducing Jesus to us through these verses, Paul showed us the richness, the power, and the majesty of our Lord. So let's close in prayer. Lord Jesus, you've been through it all. You've seen everything, and now you alone have even seen our Father. And so we come to you, Lord, now, and we ask you to be with us, to intercede for us, to help us draw near to you, and help us be one with you, just as you are one with our Father. Amen. So through the power of the Holy Spirit, I, he can help guide us to do our part in the kingdom of God. And this is the end of the story for today. Amen.